It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. When I was a young boy, I used to collect cocoons and tape them to the walls of my bedroom. And I never ceased to marvel at how those butterflies broke out of that temporary prison and emerged looking so different from the caterpillars they once were. What a transformation. Of course, the word is metamorphosis. And that still strikes wonder in my heart. But I marvel even more at how God puts people through a metamorphosis who turn to him and yield their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the basis, really, of what I have to share in this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity, because you are not the old person made over. You are a brand new individual as a son or a daughter of God. See, God doesn't have a quote-unquote rehabilitation program. God has a recreation program. And once you get in this program, you are just as different, radically different, as the butterfly is from the caterpillar, as the oak tree is compared to the acorn. There's just no comparison, really, because you are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that. I love that verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What a powerful, powerful statement that is. All things have become new. I don't think we really realize the profoundness of what Jesus has done for us. Now, there's two words in there I want you to focus your attention on to begin with. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, in other words, you are positioned in the body of Christ, you have made Jesus the head of your life, and you are one of the individual cells in his body, and the same life of God that enlivens the head enlivens the body. You are filled with the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So if you are in Christ, all that he is passes down into your life. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. The same life sap of the vine flows through the branches. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. So there's a certain nature, the divine nature. The Bible says there's given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature. And that nature of the Lord Jesus Christ is part of our inheritance. Well, I want what's coming to me as an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says, in him 
we have obtained an inheritance. That's where the treasure trove is. In this position we have in Christ under his headship, there are treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Romans 8 verses 1 and 2 is a scripture that deals with this in Christ inheritance. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I was bound by a law that overwhelmed me with the death-dealing influence of this world. The soul that sins, it shall die. That's an inescapable law. But then when I came in Christ, all of a sudden I became a new creation that was loosed from the law of sin and death. And now I'm under a new law, and that's the law of the spirit of life, divine life, resurrection life in Christ Jesus. No wonder no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that happens when you're born again. From the moment you are born again, you are an heir of this new creation process. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says it so beautifully. See, when you become a new creation in Christ, you have been regenerated. What does that mean, regenerated? To generate means to bring forth or create. So when you get quote-unquote, save, or when you, quote-unquote, find Jesus, really, that doesn't convey the profoundness of what happens. God doesn't take a messed-up life, a beat-up soul, and put spiritual bandages all over you. Instead, he births in you a new creation. The Bible says, that you and I are born again at the moment that we surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the word again is from the Greek word anathen that means from above. You are born from above, regenerated. A new spirit is generated inside of you. And the Bible says in Titus 3, 5, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The word renew means to make brand new all over again. What is the washing of regeneration? That's when the name of Jesus and the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus all work together in washing your soul clean from the contamination of sin. And then a new spirit is generated in you. Well, that's right out of the prophecies of the Old Testament. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, listen, God is forecasting what it's going to be like in the new covenant. And he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, a sensitive and feeling heart that has the capacity of loving God and loving others in a very deep way. God said, I will take out of you the heart of stone and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. This is a very compelling experience. You're no longer in this religious mode of being sin conscious and all the time thinking what you can't do. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. That's wrong. This cannot be my lifestyle or that cannot be 
the way I act or react. You shouldn't have a sin consciousness anymore. You should have a righteousness consciousness because you are a new person with a new spirit and God's spirit is in you that compels you to walk in his statutes because you have a new nature. You're not just trying to overcome the old nature with old tools and old weapons. You have a new nature which is superior to the old nature. God put a new spirit in you. That is absolutely fantastic. And that's part of what he promised to do in the new covenant. In Jeremiah 31, verse 31, God said, Behold, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant. A covenant is a binding agreement between two or more parties, each binding himself to fulfill certain obligations. And God says, I'm making a covenant. I'm obligating myself to do something for those who enter into this binding agreement with me. And then the next verse says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Now, when God said write, he wasn't talking about writing with a pencil mark that could be erased or a pen mark that could be smudged out. He's talking about engraving in stone or engraving in metal where it is a permanent inscription. He said, I will write my law on their hearts. In other words, it's going to be part of who you are now. It's going to be part of your nature. The Ten Commandments are no longer external, making a demand on a lower nature to measure up to that bar. But now it's a new nature in you that automatically should walk in those laws and rules and commandments that God has given because it's your nature to do so. You are a new creation person. So what if you fail? What if you falter? What if you have a problem in your life that seems like it's torn you down for a moment? Well, there is a promise of constant renewal in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. See, the blood of Jesus is not a one-time application in your life, and the blood is not an external covering over you, just like natural blood flows through your entire circulatory system, an amazing circulatory system of over 60,000 miles of veins and arteries and capillaries and microscopic capillaries that bear the blood to every single individual cell of the trillions of cells that are in your body. Think of that. With every passing moment, fresh blood is flowing by those cells and regenerating and rejuvenating, drawing out the toxins that are in the cells and, and replenishing those cells with oxygen from the lungs and nutrients from the digestive system. So that with every passing moment, that cell is being made new all over again, in a sense, refreshed, renewed, restored, rebuilt all over again. And in like manner, the blood of Jesus spiritually flows through your regenerated spirit constantly so that with every passing moment, you're being made new all over again. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, listen to this closely. He said, therefore, we do not lose heart. So I'm telling you, I don't care how discouraged you are. I don't care if you've fallen flat on your face. I don't care if you failed miserably. Do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. 
We're still dragging around this body that is uncooperative when it comes to the things of God. It's going to be changed at the coming of the Lord, but right now it's still bound to this lower nature. And we overcome it because the superior nature is the new nature that resides within us. But it says, even though the outward man is perishing yet, now get this, hold on to this, the inward man is being renewed day by day. That means made brand new with every passing day. Really, it's a greater promise than that. It's with every passing hour, with every passing minute, with every passing second, you're being refreshed and renewed because you're continually being washed. As long as you're under the headship of the Lord Jesus, you've surrendered to him, submitted to him, you are in a position of total victory. But now, The responsibility belongs to you to affirm this position, to declare this position, to confess this position. And that's what Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 through 24 is talking about. It starts out saying that we have put off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and that we should be renewed. And there that important word is again, be renewed in the spirit of our mind. That's where the battle takes place. These strongholds of defeat, discouragement, depression, self-hatred, guilt, all of these things can be strongholds in your mind, but you've got to cast down imaginations and bring every thought unto the obedience of Christ. And part of that means you align your thinking with what the word of God declares. So you put off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, You're renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, you get rid of stinking thinking. You get rid of all that negativity and that horrible self-image. And you begin to see yourself in Christ and you put on the new man. You ought to shout it out with me right now. Put on the new man like you would put on an article of clothing. You put on this mindset. You put on this attitude that you are not a messed up person that Jesus is trying to repair. You are a new creation. You put on the new man. Now watch the wording that comes next in Ephesians 4 verse 24. You put on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, righteousness means a right standing with God. It means you're clean in the sight of God. And holiness means you're separated from the world and reserved unto God as something sacred. And God has created you righteous and holy the moment you were born again. And you have to put on that mindset that you are filled with the righteousness of God. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, and that's just four verses after our key verse. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is the verse that calls us a new creation. Four verses later, it says, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made or created the righteousness of God in him. So if you are in Christ, all that he is passes down into your heart and into your life. And that includes his status of righteousness in the sight of heaven. What an inheritance God has given you. I challenge you to wrench yourself free from sin consciousness and totally embrace the consciousness of your righteous status 
and who you are in Christ. Begin to declare, I am who God says I am. I am a new creation. Now I'm going to complete this thought with the most amazing aspect of what I have to say. If you are a new creation in Christ, that is invisible, hidden from the world, that new man that you are, the hidden man of the heart, is not seen by the world around you because it's internal, it's spiritual, it is between you and God. It's not readily recognized by those you're surrounded with unless they're sensitive to spiritual things. However, what is internal and invisible is one day going to be absolutely manifested, visible, glorious, and radically intense and very viewable, very recognizable in the glorified state. Because see, you are the mustard seed beginning of something fabulous God is doing. Just like the life of the mustard seed, the seed itself is small and insignificant, but the thing that makes it powerful is even smaller and more insignificant, and that is the invisible life on the inside of the mustard seed. But planted in the ground, just like you and I have got to be buried with Christ, dying to self, you plant that mustard seed in the ground, and it erupts into the largest of all garden plants, the Bible says. Can you imagine and what God is doing in you invisibly now is one day going to erupt into a complete work that is universal in scope. Because in the book of Revelation, God said, behold, I make all things new. That stretches across a cosmos that has billions and billions of star systems. And each one of those galaxy star systems is filled with hundreds of millions and billions of stars and planets. And God said, I'm going to make all of it new. It's all going to be in the renovation or what Jesus called in Matthew 19, 28, the regeneration. See, regeneration started in you and every other born again child of God, but one day it's going to overflow to encompass the entire universe. In the third chapter of Second Peter, he describes something absolutely incredible. He talked about the heavens passing away with a great noise and the earth melting with fervent heat. But out of the midst of this fiery conflagration will emerge new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Just like your new creation man have the indwelling of God's righteousness, the whole universe will have the indwelling of God's righteousness in a certain sense. All things will be made new. So you are the start of a process that is going to be universal in scope. You are the first fruits of something massive that God is doing that will birth us into a new era of utter and spectacular perfection where the glory of God will abound to such degree there's no comparison to what we experience now. In fact, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy of being compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. You are a new creation, and from this point forward, you're on a journey that is absolutely spectacular, because ultimately, all things will be made new.
Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.